ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजन शलाकया चक्षुर्मीलिताये And he cited Srila Prabhupada having been asked why build another temple, especially when there are so many temples already existing. And he quoted Srila Prabhupada's reply that we need a place where we can speak our own message. Now that might seem like a strange reply. Because surely a temple, or for that matter, a church or a masjid should be built for the glorification of God. If we say, well, for speaking our message, it might sound like some political motive. Well, it should be understood that a temple is, or any place of worship is meant for the glorification of he who is to be worshipped therein. But actually the temples which are erected by pure devotees of Krishna, the motivation in erecting them is different from that of other people. Only the pure devotees have the pure motive to glorify God. The places of worship which are erected by Uh, persons other than pure devotees, they may have the motive to glorify God, but their motives are mixed. Persons who have no knowledge of pure devotional service, then their motives necessarily must be mixed. And indeed, most people consider that God should be glorified, and for the reason that if we do so, He will benefit us in a, in a worldly way. The temple of Balaji at Tirumala is so popular because people presume that they will get material benefits from worshipping Balaji there. And indeed in Shastra it stated that Well, if you worship this one God, you get one benefit. If you worship another God, you get another benefit. And people presume, well, God is great, and if we're good, we glorify Him, and He helps us. And uh, by helping us, they presume that means that He improves our material situation. Whereas the pure devotees know that there's, it makes no sense to even try to improve your material situation. So, as Srila Prabhupada often pointed out, the worship of God, or various demigods, or imagined gods, is for, it's motivated. We go after prayers, and naivedyam, with the idea that by doing so, they will be blessed by the God, whichever the God may, they may be worshipping for the sake of material benefits. And uh, often people are invited to take part in building a temple, or they undertake the building, they, they build the whole building themselves, 
with the idea of glorifying God, but also that they themselves would be glorified. Just like we find in various places in India, and recently constructed, uh, recently means within the last one or two generations, there are many what are called Biala temples. So inside the deity is Lakshmi Narayana, but they're known as Biala temples. Everyone knows they're built by the Biala family. So uh, people may construct temples so that their own name may be glorified in human society. The motivation to glorify God is overshadowed by the motive that they should be glorified for their glorifying God. And sometimes uh, people whose mode of worship is tamasic or resulting from ignorance, they build places of worship to show that our religion is better than your religion. Here in what is now called Tamil Nadu, there was a lot of competitions between the Shaivas and the Vaishnavas, and in many places where there was a large Vaishnava temple, some king would build a large Shiva temple to show, see our temple is better than, our God is better than yours. Even at some point in time, the Shaivas, they claimed that Balaji at Tirumalai was actually Shiva. And at Tiruvannamalai, there's a famous large Shiva temple, but actually the original temple was of Krishna. And the land still belongs to Krishna. And uh, it was the habit of a, a certain community, as they write in the English newspapers, to uh, smash Hindu temples and build their own places of worship using the broken bricks. And thus we find uh, huge mosques at, uh, in, for instance, in Mathura, Varanasi, and most famously at Ayodhya, which were built to uh, having destroyed temples of uh, Krishna, Lord Shiva, and Lord Rama, respectively. So Krishna in Mathura, Vishwanath, Lord Shiva in Rama in Ayodhya. And where there were huge temples, the huge mosques are erected on the spot. Yeah. Uh, so to erect a mosque is, uh, in general, it's a nice idea to glorify Allah, to glorify God. But in such a case, it's uh, it's uh, the motive to glorify God is mixed with uh, hatred of other people's methods of worship. And as a symbol of, of military triumph and political domination. So, well, that's an, an, a not very high motivation, actually very materialistic motivation. And uh, I, I, we're not we're not part of the uh, what's called the Hindutva movement. We're not exactly part of that because that also is mixed up with so many personal political motivations. We're just uh, examining the, the reason, the various reasons why people 
erect structures uh, as places of worship. Although it is, uh, in passing, it is uh, almost astonishing how in all these discussions that have gone on since the before and especially after the Babri Masjid was destroyed, that the point that that, that uh, it was built as a, as a symbol of uh, hatred towards the method of worship that was previously going on there, it's just avoided by a certain class of so-called secularists. So we see, yeah, anyway, the point is that there may be various material motivations uh, which are mixed in erecting structures for the worship of God. Some of the uh, motivations, as we mentioned, they may be very gross. Um, many people, they, they worship with the idea of getting some. Well, we offer some naivedium, worth maybe 50 rupees and give some money in the box, maybe another 100 rupees, so 150 rupees and we, we expect one lakh fifty back, so it's considered a good investment. Some people are more pragmatic and instead of waiting for God to do the work, they organize the temple in such a way that they directly make a good profit. Just like in Hyderabad there was a Marwari man, Marwari means very good businessman, so uh, he he uh, erased his uh, ancestral property there and built a Hanuman temple, appointed himself as the head priest, and uh, circulated stories of all the, ben the amazing benefits you'll get by offering donations to this deity. Built a street shop at the front, so uh, with his son as operating the street shop, so that. He would buy sweets to offer to Hanuman. And in this way he saved Hanuman the work of having to uh, give him the money because he just took the money which people gave to Hanuman. Recently in uh, a city just west of Chennai, there's one, uh, there's one temple in Amritsar called the Golden Temple. Now there's another one in South India. So it's a huge income, and uh, although there's deities are installed there, but everywhere there's the photo of the Swami or whatever he's called. When, when, when that temple is advertised, it's advertised not with the name of the deity, but with the photo of the Swami who founded it. So generally, although Places of worship are erected, it's supposed to be erected for the glorification of God, but various kinds of material motivations are often mixed with them. And uh, it, it may be that people also want to, uh, apart from, sh people may want to show off their wealth by building a temple. They may wish to demonstrate their architectural and various, uh, the persons may wish to demonstrate their architectural and artistic skill. Well, that's all right. I mean, one can do so. Uh, one can demonstrate one's abilities, God-given abilities in glorifying God. But when, uh, when the material motive becomes dominant, then the 
motive of glorifying God obviously becomes overshadowed. So that even though one may ostensibly be glorifying God, actually it's more for the glorification of oneself. While performing the uh, Bhumi Puja, I was reminded of, uh, it just came to my mind that uh, you see the the bodies were in the pit, and it just came to mind uh, that in Thailand, probably other places also, the, uh, in establishing various Buddhist temples, uh, it was sometimes the system of burying people alive in the four corners of the temple while they were establishing it. A lot of gold was put into the temples, and the idea is that the ghosts will protect the temple. And uh, in Gohati, in Assam, when the famous Kamakya temple was established, that was established by, uh, there was a very special sacrifice which was performed at the time of founding the temple. Uh, Narabali, which means uh, offering men in sacrifice, 640. 640. 640, I believe that was the figure. And that was regularly going on for some centuries. Because people believed that if you offered human beings to Kali, then you get her special blessing. So we're not going to do that here. And uh, although it's illegal in India nowadays, from time to time we hear of such sacrifices going on. Uh, we will also perform Narabali in another way. Often Narabali means sacrificing a human and killing him for the supposed pleasure of the deity. So in this temple, we're, actually we want to offer every single person in Salem and beyond. So everyone who wants to offer themselves to the deity, uh, you can line up. Or maybe you're going to run away now. But that's the idea, actually, to offer ourselves fully to Krishna. But not by killing the body. That's not the Vaishnava system. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I'm supposed to be speaking of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. His system was to, uh, yeah, all the, the various avatars of Krishna, they would, they would destroy various demons. So Lord Rama is famous for having killed Ravana, and of course he killed many others. Uh, Varaha Dev killed Hiranyaksha. Narahari Narasimha killed Hiranyakashipu. Narahari and many others Hiranyakashipu's friends. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu killed the material desires of demonic people. So, you're all welcome to come here and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will destroy the material desires by the system of chanting the holy names of Krishna, purifying system. So, yeah, it's a very dangerous place, the Hare Krishna temple. All the material desires become killed and you become uh, offered to Krishna. Actually, before taking Diksha, 
one should, the head should be shaved. Now that's done before the man is offered in Narabali also. It's, so it's symbolic of uh, the death of the old person. Now this person is fit to offer to Krishna. So uh, why did Srila Prabhupada reply that we need a place to speak our own message? Why did he not say that we are in the temple to glorify God? Well, that is his message. But no one else actually knows how to speak that message. Most people's motive for glorifying God is mixed up with the motive to glorify and gratify themselves. Most people are hypocritical. Their glorification of God is not very sincere. That we find that there are so many religious organizations. But if we try to speak the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is in these religious organizations, they will protest. If we say, if we repeat the message of Krishna, that Krishna should be surrendered to exclusively. The people will protest. If we make it explicitly clear that it is the person Krishna who is to be surrendered to exclusively, most people will not appreciate this message. But this is the only actual way to glorify Krishna. If we present Bhagavad Gita in any other way than as it is, it's insulting to Krishna. So many people, they hold Bhagavad Gita shloka competitions, they quote Bhagavad Gita, but they don't speak Bhagavad Gita in the same spirit that Krishna does. So while superficially speaking the message of Bhagavad Gita, they're implying that uh, they don't actually believe the message of Bhagavad Gita, that they have a better idea themselves. So in this temple that we propose to build here, we're very clear in understanding from the very beginning that more important than the architecture, and more important even than the deity worship, is the uh, speaking of the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is, which we cannot do in other places. Or even if we attempt to do so in other places, there will be resistance to that. So just like uh, if we try to uh, pass electric current through a, a non-conducting element, if there's resistance, it won't go through very well. We need a place to speak the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is, where uh, people can gather to listen to the people who want to hear Bhagavad Gita as Arjuna heard it. They can gather and get actual benefit from hearing Bhagavad Gita as it is. Uh, Vasudhosh Prabhu was also telling me that uh, he'd just recently been at a Gita conference in Mauritius. And uh, one member of the Sri Vaishnava, Ramanuja Vaishnava Sampradaya, spoke uh, lucidly on the uh, 
But he, in the course of his otherwise excellent speech, he also uh, mentioned, or as if uh, to ratify or glorify one uh, so-called Vivekananda and some Sai Baba. And although these two persons are generally much lauded in Hindu society, pure Vaishnavas do not laud them because they do not speak Bhagavad Gita as it is. So afterwards, Vasudhashtra uh, will explain that this Vaishnava told Vasudhashtra, or maybe Vasudhashtra asked him why he had mentioned them. He said, well, I mentioned them so as not to appear uh, sectarian. He felt it was necessary so to gain access to mention these names so as to gain acceptance from the broader audience. So at least at this temple that we are constructing, we have no intention of speaking in such a way to gain public acceptance. We will build a beautiful temple and welcome people very nicely. This is our aim. And we'll present a message of Bhagavad Gita as it is. Everything will be nice for the public. Beautiful temple, beautiful gardens, delicious prasadam. Everything very attractive. The only thing that they might not find attractive is the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is. Actually, the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is, is most attractive. It is spoken by Krishna, who is all attractive. But conditioned souls, uh, by their very conditioning not to accept Krishna as he is, do not find the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is to be attractive. Although uh, Bhagavad Gita is widely understood to be, to the Hindus, for want of a better term, uh, what the Quran is to the Muslims and the Bible to the Jews and the Christians, uh, it's maybe surprising that very few Hindus have the slightest idea of what is even written in Bhagavad Gita. Hindus find it more convenient to pay lip service to Bhagavad Gita and conveniently not try to understand what's therein. Because in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna unequivocally, you know what that means? denounces uh, demigod worship, religion performed for materialistic motives, and he clearly establishes surrender to him as the only proper path for every human being. So this whole uh, project is for glorifying Krishna. But the best way that Krishna can be glorified is by preaching the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is. And if people actually hear Bhagavad Gita as it is, they will understand why uh, not just one building in one corner of a city should be for the glorification of Krishna, but every building everywhere and every person everywhere and everything everyone does at every moment should be for the glorification of Krishna. Unless the message of Bhagavad Gita is spoken here, then there's no purpose to building this temple. That's why people say, why are you building another temple? There's already so many temples. That argument would be valid 
if this temple was to be just another temple. If we were to make a temple in which there's just ringing of the bells, people coming in, bowing their head, offering some money and going out again, there would be no purpose in building another temple like that. Little purpose. Little purpose. Very little purpose. But our motive is that people come, look, see, and I have to sit down. Now just listen to what we have to say. Devotees can uh, enlighten people with the actual purpose of building a temple and the actual purpose of doing anything. Sometimes they call schools Vidyanandir. This is an actual, this is an actual Vidyanandir. Actual Vidya means to understand Krishna as he is. So this temple is for instructing uh, about Krishna as he is, who he is, what is our relationship with him. That we are eternal servants of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And this temple should demonstrate the principle of Krishna Te Akila Cheshta. Everything should be performed for the satisfaction of Krishna. This temple should demonstrate the principle of uh, acting with mind, body and words only for the pleasure of Krishna. It is not meant for people to make a solution to their roti kapra makan, their eating, sleeping, mating and defending problems. Temples provide facilities for people to and live so that they can worship God. But that worship of God should be Tibrena Bhakti Yogena Yajeta Purushankaranda. The worship of Krishna should be intense. If the temple is just perceived as by the pujaris of the archakas and those who are running the temple as a convenient way to make their living, then there's no point in constructing such a temple. So in the foundation stone, we should write it very clearly that if at any time it is perceived that this temple is being utilized chiefly for fulfilling people's material desires, and the message of Bhagavad Gita is not spoken very clearly, and at that time the temple should be destroyed. That is a betrayal of the devotees who have labored to build this temple for a purely spiritual purpose. So although this may sound blasphemous that even before the temple is built, we're giving a provision for it to be destroyed. But we have the uh, precedent our Acharya, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said the same thing. And he said that if the inmates of the mud are fighting over power and position, it is better to dismantle the temple and use the, use the money for printing books, for distributing knowledge of pure Krishna consciousness. So practically speaking, uh, if a temple is used for fulfilling people's material desires in the name of worshipping God, then it's not really a temple of God anyway. It's just a monument to people's foolishness. 
temple which is built for fulfilling material desires, the bigger it is, the, it's just the, the bigger a, a demonstration of their ego. So we're not interested in building a temple to our ego and installing the deity as a uh, as a uh, symbol of our egoism. Yeah, it's supposed to be pran pratishta, not ahankar pratishta. Pratishta means it has two words. One, two mean one is establishment, and uh, and another is uh, yeah, exhibition of egoism. Prestige, prestige. So, materialistic people think that the building a big building is the important thing. And spiritually enlightened people know that speaking the message of Krishna, that is the important thing. Srila Prabhupada was the topmost Paramahamsa, topmost spiritually enlightened person. He built temples. Uh, but he also um, he said that temples, they are for attracting the uh, general populace. But he said that the uh, most important work of advanced devotees is to uh, propagate, to, to write, print, and distribute widely Vaishnava literature. So, Srila uh, Prabhupada personally put a lot of energy into establishing temples. He wasn't certainly uh, upheld the principle of establishing gorgeous temples, but at the same time he uh, emphasized the point of the temple is to uh, establish pure devotional service. And he warned that if the uh, serious practice of Krishna consciousness by, by hearing and chanting is not upheld very strongly, that the temple will become a, uh, it'll become a place where there are just bats flying around and dogs sitting and urinating in the temple, as we see in many temples, unfortunately. So the, the temple is the place this temple is a place for pure devotional service to Krishna. Here in this temple there will only be glorification of Krishna, his pure devotees and pure devotional service. There will be no glorification of uh, mundane persons, mundane processes, holy and solely for Krishna. Saradhana, Paritya, Leave aside everything else, simply surrender to Krishna. That is the motive of this temple. That will be uh, exemplified by the continuous Sankirtan, which is the Yuga Dharma for this age, the chanting of the holy names of Krishna. Not everyone will understand these philosophical truths very quickly. But as people come to see the temple, they may, yeah, they may also hear the chanting of the names of Krishna. Upon hearing which, their natural attraction will be awakened. So in this temple, along with the uh, deity worship, which uh, people will come for darshan, but they should also, everyone who comes, they should hear the sweet chanting of the names of Krishna. And so this is more on why we are establishing the temple.
Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Please come again tomorrow evening and the evening after that. And every evening. If you like it enough, you can come in the morning also. And if you like it even more, you can just come and don't go back. That's the idea. Just like people, they go to get their visa to go to America. They go to the American Embassy. So this is the uh, Vaikuntha Embassy. You come here, you get your visa, and you go to Krishna, and don't come back. Thank you. Hare Krishna.